Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to pick up again in John chapter 10 and just review what we've looked at the last few episodes, then jump to another portion of the scripture today. Remember in John 10, uh, the Jews were about to stone Jesus. This is verse 33. They'd picked up the stones, and Jesus says, oh, why are you uh, going to stone me? You know, from which one of the good works are you going to stone me for? And they said, we're not going to stone you for good works. We're going to stone you because of blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself out God. They knew what he was saying. Then Jesus said this, verse 34, Has it not been written in your law, I said you are gods? Has it not been written in your law, I said you are gods? So I want to go to that portion of what Jesus called the law, and that's sort of interesting because it's actually found in the Psalms. Okay, it's the 82nd Psalm, and I'm clicking over there right now. It's just eight verses long. And this is the Psalm of Asaph. <clears throat> And I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. And it says this in verse 1. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Now, this is a serious verse right here, which is going to be quite transformative to our understanding of the word <coughs> as we read the rest of this psalm. Because of a couple of things. When it says God at the very beginning here, it uses the uh, Hebrew word Elohim. And, you know, you've likely heard that term before, particularly out of Genesis 1. Elohim is a plural term. When God created the heavens and the earth, you see the plurality of God creating. John chapter 1, you see the Lord Jesus Christ was the one that actually spoke creation into existence. So there's nothing unusual about that. Elohim is a very common word within Scripture. But what is interesting is that Elohim... And, and, and this, is, this is relatively new to me, folks. I've just run across this in the last year or so, and it's just really uh, given me uh, some really uh, uh, foundational insight to how to interpret some things within Scripture. Elohim is used to describe some other things also. Okay? Let me read this again. God, Elohim, has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods, and that's little g in the English, gods, that word is Elohim. It's Elohim again. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. So let me tell you what's going on here, and then I'll read the balance of this psalm, and our time will be up if we do get through the psalm. What we see is that God has a divine counsel, and he's about to chew them out because of what they've been doing. He has a divine counsel which consists of Elohim, okay, other divine beings that are not angels, okay? They're not the 24 elders. They're not the various things you're saying. These are other beings. Now, these are not God in the sense of God Yahweh. These are Elohim, and God Yahweh is Elohim, but these are not Yahweh, okay? These are other divine beings, and you see this throughout the Scripture. It's often referred to as the sons of God, Okay, the sons of God. And so God has taken his place in the divine council. And what you find out is his place is he's over the divine council. This is God, Elohim, God the Father, Son, and Spirit. 
okay, the wondrous triune nature of God. Now, this does not teach polytheism. Sometimes people think, oh, well, you're saying there's a multitude of gods. No, there's some really wild things that come out of this, okay? And it's not wild from the point of view that you can't hardly understand it. It's wild from the point of view it explains so much once you understand and approach the Scripture from a divine counsel perspective. So let me read it again. We'll go ahead through the rest of the psalm. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds his judgment. Verse 2. And how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Now, this is God speaking. This is God the Father speaking to the divine council, speaking to these other Elohim. And he's saying, how long are you going to judge unjustly? How long are you going to show partiality to the wicked? And then we have the word Selah. And you see Selah throughout uh, the Psalms. And it means uh, different things dependent upon the context. Nobody really knows what it means to start with. But it usually means something along this line. To think about this. Meditate upon this. Uh, sometimes it will mean for the instrumentalist to take a ride, to play a solo. Okay, if it's talking about praising God or something like that. Now verse 3. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. God is telling them what they should have been doing and what they should be doing. So he says, give justice to the weak and to the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Verse 4, rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. So this is God the Father, God Yahweh speaking to the other Elohim of the divine council, telling them what they should have been doing because they have not been doing it. Verse 5, they have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. And this is the psalmist making a comment about what the status of these folks is, what's going on. Now, verse 6, I said, you are God's sons of the Most High, all of you. That is the quote that Jesus gives in John 10, 34. Well, isn't that curious? Why in the world was Jesus quoting a passage where Father, and what's interesting, it's, uh, it's Yahweh in all his totality, Son, Father, Spirit. So was Jesus, quote, unquote, there at that time when this was said? Well, yeah, because he wasn't on earth yet, okay? So he says, I said, you are God's sons of the Most High. All of you, listen to verse 7. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. And when you look at what the Lord is likely referring to right here, it goes back, you know, I mentioned in the last episode, this gives understanding to Genesis 6. It gives some understanding to... Uh, the sons of God, it gives some understanding uh, to the church in Corinth about the women praying with their heads covered. It also gives understanding what happens at the Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. In Genesis 10 and 11, we have the account of what happened. And John tells in, in uh, chapter 10 what he did. He divided the nations. Remember, the nations refused to uh, disperse across the earth. People did. So God gave them different languages and divided them. Well, there are 70 different nations that are named. And what a, apparently what happened was that these nations rejected God and so God said, okay, you don't want me, I will give you gods. 
And some of these divine counsels, some of these divine beings had rebelled against God, and God placed them, gave one of them to every nation. Each nation has one of these rebellious things. And that gives us some really insight to these false gods. See, they're false gods from the point of view that they're not Yahweh the God, but they are divine beings. And what you start reading the scripture with that understanding, it will just, oh, it'll rock your world. Seriously. Now, quickly, I got a minute left. Why did Jesus say this to these folks in John 10? Well, here's why. It's not because he's saying, oh, I'm just like you because y'all were judging God. You know, you judged over Israel. No, no. What he's saying is in the same way right here when God said, you are God's sons of the most high, all of you, nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. He's saying this, I am God. I am co-regent with Father himself. I and the Father are one. Remember the context? That's what he'd said earlier. And see, these Jewish leaders would have known this. They would have known the divine counsel. That would have been their worldview from which they were coming from. And they knew exactly what he was saying. And he's saying this in the same way that these became like men and died. You're going to die too unless you believe. Let me read the last verse of the 82nd Psalm. It says this, and the psalmist says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. Yes, he will. I'll tell you what, the divine counsel thing is a serious, serious thing to examine. If you want to know more detail about that, just drop me an email. You can find me on my website or whatever, and I will guide you towards some good information related to that. And we'll be talking more about it as we go along. I'll see you later. Goodbye.